0: Hi, everyone. Welcome to HR Works, brought to you by BLR. I'm your host, Steve Bruce. HR Works provides clear, relevant, actionable information on topics that matter to HR professionals. When you're armed with best practices and strategies to attract, retain, and engage top talent and deliver exceptional value to your organization, HR Works. So everyone's talking about engagement and retention but many of us aren't sure exactly what steps to take to create meaningful change in our organization. Today's guest is the CEO of a company that's achieved best places to work status and also has a five-star Glassdoor rating. Rajiv Bahara is co-founder and CEO of Reflective, the modern performance management startup. He leads the company's innovation, investment, growth, and business development strategies, and, importantly, sets the tone for culture. He's striven to make Reflective the gold standard in employee-centric organizations where people love coming to work every day. Prior to launching Reflective, Rajiv spent over three years as director mobile product at Disney Interactive, honing his people-centric and interactive design vision. There, he built and managed Disney's first free-to-play mobile product development unit and oversaw the development of four iTunes' top 10 iOS applications. Before Disney, he spent more than five years in the digital marketing space at Tumri, Like.com, Adteractive, and Nextag. A graduate of the University of California, Berkeley, Rajiv is a sought-after speaker, author, and subject matter expert in employee engagement, performance management, company culture, and real-time feedback strategies in HR. And I'll just mention, this is Rajiv's second appearance on HR, HR Works. Rajiv, welcome back.
1: Hey, I'm, thanks so much, Steve. I'm delighted to be here again.
0: So we do want to know how you went about building this employee-centric operation. But first, I understand you've developed a list of five HR trends to watch in 2018, and I think our listeners will be interested in them. So let's roll over them. The The first one is the importance of engaging and developing talent from within. Could you tell us a little more about that?
1: Yes, definitely. This is becoming a big strategic imperative for a lot of companies now. Um, there's, uh, there's this change in the market that's happened over the last you know, decade where, um, when you, uh, you know, 10 years ago, when you hired somebody, your employees would stay for, you know, 10, 20 years and they wouldn't really look around as much and they would, you know, they would devote their time to the company and, uh, they build careers within their company. And that's kind of how they, they saw their career. Um, and that's really changing today. Um, and and now, you know, you see employees moving companies whenever there's any slight dissatisfaction or they don't feel like they're moving as fast as they need to in their career. Um, so the, there's this big shift now where now employees are are, you know, are moving around. And so companies, on the on the other hand, are now trying to figure out how do we retain our employees? Uh, because now this is an issue for us. Um, and so, um, there's this big trend around how do we figure out how to develop and engage our employees so we can retain them for longer. Um, and you know, there are a lot of things companies, companies are doing right here, but really the business imperative is, Hey, if I hire somebody and they stay for two to three years, the ROI on that's very difficult to make work. Um, so now we need to figure out strategies to keep people long term. Um, And keep them engaged as well, because you don't want just people to stay long-term. You want them to be engaged and stay long-term.
0: Engagement and retention. Okay, so then the number two uh, trend, build a culture of real-time feedback to empower performance in a digital world. So how do you go about that?
1: Yeah, definitely. This one's important because uh, the real-time feedback is now becoming kind of one of those things that employees are expecting. Um, And it has to do with kind of a generational shift where you're seeing a lot of millennials come into the workforce, and as they do, they really want more and more feedback. Um, And the reason why they expect more and more feedback, more than previous generations, is because um, kind of the world they've lived in and grown up in has a lot of feedback and gives them a lot of feedback. So you think about you know someone growing up with the with Facebook um, and Instagram and Snapchat, and they're used to documenting things that are happening in their life, and then getting positive reinforcement and feedback around that. So you know you post that you you went to a cool event on Facebook, and then you you expect your friends to like that post. Um, so and when they don't, they you see that as a negative, versus you know they don't like it before people are it didn't, it wasn't seen as a negative. So really the absence of feedback is seen as a negative six uh, signal for, for millennials. Um, and because of that, uh, people need more real time feedback uh, and that's becoming a bigger trend. Um, and, you know, with uh, you know, this culture where we're saying, we're saying, you know, how do you get people to stay more engaged and retain them better? A big piece of that is helping them, you know, grow and stay engaged and, and helping them feel like they have a career path internally. Um, a lot of people will leave their their job when they feel like they do not get, they do not have a clear path to the next level. Um, and when you think about feedback from your manager, if your manager gives you a lot of feedback versus the manager who doesn't, uh, it's a really positive signal that your manager thinks you're worth investing in. And they'll spend a lot of time trying to get you, uh, to the next level because they're spending time with you. Versus, you know, if your manager spends no time with you, spends, doesn't give you any feedback, then it kind of shows that they're not really investing in you. And if they're not investing in you, then, you know, your career progression internally might be slower than you'd expect. And then you might start looking for another job. Um, So for all these things, people, you know, employees need real-time feedback. Um, And uh, from the company side, they just want their employees to stay engaged, develop more, and be more productive. If you get more feedback and you're constantly getting, you know, improving, then you're gonna be more productive. And who doesn't want more productive employees, right? So, um, on both sides of the coin, um, employees and companies, everyone's kind of trying to figure out how to build a, uh, a culture where there is more real time feedback.
0: Okay, thanks. That's very helpful. And that kind of leads us, I think, into the third trend that um, says check ins are becoming management's best ally. So can you tell us a little bit about how you manage frequent check-ins with em- employees?
1: Yeah, definitely. So when we typically, when, a, when uh, companies are moving from um, the old way of doing performance management, um, which usually was yearly or annual performance reviews, to this new way of doing performance management, which includes real-time feedback and um, check-ins, check-in conversations, um, we're starting to see, you know, there's a... There's a big kind of shift in the transformation of the performance process from the old way to the new way, um, and you know, real time feedback is you know on the on demand real time feedback in the moment any day. Um, but then there's what's needed also are kind of these supplemental check-ins, which are basically quarterly conversations between managers and their employees. Um, and the way to think about check-ins and the value there is basically how do you arm your your managers so that they all have. At least quarterly conversations that are, you know, great conversations that managers should have. You think about your company, most companies will say, hey, I would say roughly maybe 25 to 30% of our managers are really great at managing. And the rest could use some help or development, or they could just use some kind of, um, some, some process to help them. And that's what check-ins are really. What these check-ins do, they take those, you know, 70% of managers who you know, sometimes don't have great conversations with their employees. And they make sure at least there is a conversation once a quarter. Um, you think about, you know, managers who are just learning how to manage, typically in their one-on-ones with their employees, they'll talk about very tactical things like what happened last week, what's happening next week. Um, and they stay in the weeds all the time. And what these check-ins do is they, they basically provide a script for managers to have these kind of better conversations that great managers probably already have where they can talk to employees about, you know, their career development, how to improve the skills that they're working on right now, um, and setting clear expectations and priorities into, you know, what, what makes a successful kind of career here and what's what means success this year, this quarter. So really kind of like higher, bubbling out of the weeds and having a higher level conversation with your manager. Um, and that's what these check-ins do. So typically, so tactically, a lot of people wonder, you know, how do I do check-ins more often when you know, performance reviews are also already, you know, very taxing for employees? Um, so typically, we set up check-ins so that they're they're very lightweight because they're happening more frequently. So typically, um, a check-in will take you know twenty minutes between an employee and the manager, um, and uh, the 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 manager will, will spend you know the first you know twenty minutes preparing for it going into it. Um, and then the, the structure of the check-in is just, you know, depending on the company, people have different you know, things that they want managers to always have conversations with their employees about, but it really provides structure. So you're they're really scaling leadership and people management skills through these check-in processes.
0: Yeah, that's great. It's certainly um, much better than a, an annual meeting of some kind. So, and then that leads us, you mentioned performance reviews. And uh, trend four, performance reviews must evolve from threats into opportunities. A lot of organizations are reworking their performance management systems, but a lot are not satisfied with what they have. But what's your suggestion?
1: Yeah, we're seeing some pretty great results of companies shifting away from doing annual performance reviews to this new performance process that's more agile and lightweight. Um, in fact, I think we just did some research that said uh, uh, 33% of employees that are at companies doing the annual performance review process agree that they're satisfied with the process. And that's a really, really, really low number. Um, and a lot of it's because it, it just takes way too much time and the value that you get out of it isn't enough because um, you just don't learn. It's, it's hard for a manager to sit down and remember what's happened over the last year it's basically impossible. So then you end up kind of having this process that, uh, doesn't really great, give great feedback to, to employees. Um, and, uh, and, and therefore it takes a lot of time and, and the feedback isn't great. Um, and even if the feedback is there, in some cases, employees are defensive and don't want to hear the feedback because they, it's tied to their compensation. So they become defensive. Um, so in the end, um, what ends up happening, the whole point of reviews for companies are, hey, they want to get ratings to have clear kind of compensation decisions. And they want to give feedback to their employees so they can develop and get better. But the ratings end up becoming inaccurate because managers just don't remember what's happened over the last year. Um, and it's impossible to calibrate across easy manager versus a difficult manager. Um, and then on the employee side, they're, they're threatened during during this because it's tied to their compensation. So they're defensive. And then they don't hear the feedback. And so in the end, this whole process takes, you know, thousands of hours, costs millions of dollars for lots of companies. It's such a huge expense. Um, and the value that comes out of it is, 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 isn't, isn't good. So because of that, most employees are just not very happy with uh, how, how the process looks and they want to change it. Um, so, you know, really the key here is if you do do performance reviews, um, annually or whatnot, and you need it to be tied to compensation, the tactical thing is if you kind of change the full process where you do have more real-time feedback happening in between those performance reviews, you do have these check-in conversations that happen between the annual performance reviews. Um, then by the, t- by the time you do get to a performance review, uh, the manager and the employee are on the same page. And the conversation isn't around new information where the, you know, the employees worried about what they're going to hear. It's basically a retrospective of both of, of information. Both of them have previously already discussed. Um, so there's no, there's nothing really surprising. So the performance reviews turn into, you know, turn, turn from a surprise that cause a lot of anxiety. Um, that have inaccurate data to just a nice kind of closure argument, a closure kind of process where you can recap. All the things that have already happened over the last, you know, four quarters, um, and you know, there's no, not, there's no surprises, and the ratings data is way more accurate because you have data from these quarterly conversations as well. So, it really, kind of uh, by adding real time feedback and check ins, you end up solving the biggest issues with performance management and performance reviews that happen annually.
0: Right. That's uh, that's very sensible. Now, trend five. Uh, seem to take another perspective. That's um, empower employees to take ownership of their own success and leadership. Uh, and this, I think, is a place where it gets difficult for many managers. And how do you recommend doing that?
1: Yeah, I think one of the big shifts we're seeing in HR and how you know they're trying to approach these problems and a lot of HR processes have basically turned into compliance processes over the years, like performance reviews aren't developmental. They're basically, basically for compliance, learning, learning processes are basically, basically compliance processes. Um, and so, you know, there's been, in the past, these processes were these HR processes have been developed from the top down and hoping to, you know, Create a top-down way of of, of of providing these you know values to employees, which actually just doesn't work if you think about it. Politically, if anyone is forced to do something that they're not bought into, they just don't do it, or they don't get value out of it. They they use it as a shelf exercise and then they move on. Um, so really, the a big change in this whole performance management process and the transformation from the annual review to kind of real-time feedback and quarterly check-ins, is that you're really empowering employees to see value in it so that they drive it themselves. Because really the only way to drive these values is HR creates, you know, a system that facilitates uh, managers so that they can drive it and so employees can drive it. And they find value in it, so they want to drive it, which has never happened before. If you ask, you know, employee, hey, you want to do a performance review? Go ahead and drive it. But there's zero chance an employee would ever want to do that or a VP would ever want to do that. Um, unless they're trying to manage people out or, you know, there's some like layoff or some type of circumstance. But as a, you know, a, a, a process that scales, they don't. Um, so what's really important now is building processes that employees find value in. And the way we actually work with employee, with, with companies and help them do that. Is we help them think with design thinking, meaning what, what do employees think about this process, and how do we make it better? So typically, um, to make sure we're employee focused, we'll have we'll ask customers or companies to survey their employees before they they launch a new process, and then we'll survey them, you know, right after the, the first check-in, and we'll ask a bunch of questions so we we can get their feedback on if it's valuable or not. And we'll figure out, you know, what's working, what's not working, and then we'll iterate. And then the next kind of quarter, we'll have slight modifications to it. Um, So really, we use this data-driven approach where we listen to employees, and we we develop a process that fits the needs of the the company. Um, And then at at the end, you're basically insured with a performance process that employees love, um, which is really the key here.
0: All right. Well, that's great. Five um, important trends. And I think they should be helpful to any of our listeners, any employer. So thanks for that. And as, as we answered there for trend five, we're starting to get back to what I mentioned earlier. And that's um, just how you go about creating an employee-centric organization. And uh, maybe also, are there any particular pitfalls to watch out for?
1: Yeah, I think uh, a lot of companies are trying to build an employee-centric organization where employees are empowered and they can drive these processes. The biggest pitfall I've seen with that is if you swing too much the other way. And what I mean by that, you know, the, the, you start with, you know, very kind of command and control performance reviews where you it's a mandatory process that everyone has to do. Uh, but some companies are shifting almost to the opposite extreme um, and you'll see kind of a lot of people I, I've heard kind of companies that put out early press releases around changing things are at this, this stage where they, they went almost uh, they stripped out too much process. Um, and, and with no process, then nothing happens either. Um, and because if you think about, you know, an employee or a manager and the feedback they want to give each other, if you take away everything and say, hey, just do it when you want to do it. And come, that, that means every single manager has to think about how to build their own kind of structure and process. And that doesn't work either, because uh, no one will spend the time to do that realistically. Um, so, so the pitfall is, you know, swinging the other way from complete compliance and command, command and control to, um, you know, kind of the Adobe GE model where like not, where everyone can do anything they want to do. Um, and then those don't work either, from my opinion. What you kind of need is an a, a in-the-middle kind of solution where you have, you have a lot of ways where employees and managers can drive their own, own processes. Um, and that usually happens in the form of kind of an open-ended real-time feedback process. But then you do have some structure and you do kind of help managers figure out how to like have those conversations and when, when to have them and how often, which is having those check-ins. So we kind of think of it as you need some some structure, but not too much structure, um, so that managers are just put in a place where they can be successful, giving their employees more feedback and developing their employees more.
0: So balance, that's helpful. Now, I'm wondering about your five-star glass door rating. Is that something that you went after tactically, or is it just the result of the policies and practices you've installed there at Reflective?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. Um, so, you know, as CEO, I started this company four years ago because I'm also the founder. Um, I actually never even thought about, um, trying to get a five, five star last door rating. Um, it just ended up happening. I think it has to do with the, uh, the practices we put in place here, which are a lot of the things I've discussed earlier in this podcast. Um, but then also just knowing that, you know, me and the exec team are, highly focused on culture. So we really care about, you know, how the company is scaling. And to us, the only way to really scale a company and managers and making sure that, you know, the way I think about it is, how do I want my managers and employees to act when no one's looking? And really the only way to do that, scale like that kind of set of values is through a culture that's really great. Um, So that's kind of how we've gotten there. We just always focus on it. And these processes really help kind of hammer them down and make it kind of a scalable thing that everyone sees. Um, interestingly, when I first started this company, you know, obviously it was a smaller company and everyone knew me, so they could hear all my thoughts. Um, and I probably didn't need a, a reflective system to help with that. Uh, but then as we've grown, now we're over 140 employees. I can't talk to more than, you know, 30, I, I probably talked to 30 people max, um, in depth and the rest of the employees I have, like they need to know, you know, what my thoughts are and how a culture needs to scale here. And that's where processes matter like this, when you start getting to a larger stage, um, and as you scale even more, when I worked at Disney, you just need even more of this. So, um, I think process is super important as you scale and you, uh, it's the best, this is kind of a great way to scale process and culture.
0: Well, congratulations in any event. I think that's a great status. Now, I'm thinking as CEO of a company focused on performance management, you're kind of in a unique position to look at culture and uh, and results. Do you have some examples of organizations that have been successful through being at the forefront of uh, reflecting these five trends you've mentioned?
1: Yes, we definitely have a few customers that we've uh, seen, you know, really evolve over the years. Uh, many customers, that is. Uh, one, one I'd like to mention is called uh, Protective Life Insurance. They're a, um, a, a insurance company that's that's been around for quite a while. They're located in Alabama. I think they have three thousand plus employees, um, and they came to us. They did the annual annual review process. And it just took their managers so much time. I believe it was, you know, over 45 hours per manager was spent on performance reviews. Um, and, you know, they wanted to change it up and, you know, build a process that was actually valuable for their employees and managers and save time as well. Um, so they, they, we started working with them. And the goal was, you know, how do we make this more agile and lightweight? And how do we make conversations happen all the time? Instead of just once a year so that our employees can develop and do well. Um, so yeah, they, uh, they're a good ex- they're a good example because they, they slowly kind of shifted over to this new process, but not in one big bang. I think a lot of customers, um, they don't, they don't want to completely change everything on day one, which makes a lot of sense. Um, instead they want to, you know, take some time and, and, and have, they have a phase process of, you know, changing this process because and changing a performance management process can be quite daunting. There's so much that goes into it. Every employee goes through it. It takes so much time for everyone every year. It's, it's a really important process to get right. Um, so th- this one company, they they did that, um, and they they did such a great job. Kind of first, they had annual reviews. And they first just added real time feedback to those to that annual review, review process, which was a quick, easy win, right? Because with that they're really just able to um, augment the performance review process with real-time feedback that happens throughout the year. Um, so employees are getting developed throughout the year, which is really great to, have to see. Um, and then uh, with the real-time feedback happening, it happened really well. Um, people were getting really engaged with it. Um, and then what they found was uh, they, they saved 94% of the time um, that on, on, when they got to their actual annual review process, because all the real time feedback that was gathered throughout the year really helped just make that process a lot more lightweight because now you had, now managers had all the data at their fingertips. Employees had their data when they're writing their self reviews at their fingertips instead of just spending a lot of time trying to figure out what happened over the last year. Uh, which is a, a very daunting task. Um, and then another thing they wanted to do is they wanted to make sure that people were uh, are aligned with their their uh their with business objectives. Um and we found that forty percent more employees were aligned with business objectives after enabling reflective. Um and then so interestingly, so the first year they added you know real-time feedback to their annual review process. Um and then I think more recently they uh removed their annual re- review process and they moved to quarterly check-ins. So, you know, now they have real-time feedback, quarterly check-ins, and which is great because now um, they, they shifted over time. It took some time, um, and they didn't do it in one, one big bang, but they got results along the way. So, uh, overall, the, it, was, it was a really great kind of transition that we've seen over, over the last few years.
0: Well, that's great. That's very, very helpful to have uh, real-world examples of what we're talking about. So thanks for that. And then uh, finally, to sum this all up, uh, any final recommendations for our listeners? Yeah, I think I think the
1: biggest recommendation is just listen to your employees. There's a there's been a lot of kind of uh, we work with a lot of customers and some do, some don't. And the ones that do and have like a good method of using design thinking to measure what their employees feel about the process and the value they're getting out of it um, are are able to be a lot more strategic. And they're able to get take that data and make sure the process works for their company. Um, and then that ends up looking so great and strategic when they take all of that data and they and they and uh, they provide it and they present it to their senior leadership team. Uh, because now they can say, okay, well, the, the, before this is what the process looked like and only, only, you know, 33% of people really f- found value in it. Now that's gone up to 80 plus percent. And here's why these are the main drivers of that. Um, and we're saving time. Um, so think about kind of taking those metrics back and measuring them, um, to so your, to so your senior leadership team so they could say, so you could say, Hey, I took this process that wasn't working well, that we spend so much time on, which you know costs, you know, millions of dollars every year. And I made it a lot more valuable and it takes less time. Um and you can do all of that if you're listening and measuring your what your employees are thinking about the process. Um so I think you know, using design thinking when when moving forward with this just makes it a lot easier and and it removes a lot of the unknowns and the fear of the, the process change. And, most people we see just see really great positive results when they do that. Um, So that'd be my my advice, just kind of really using design thinking to really listen to your employees and help use them to help you kind of uh, customize the process that works best for the company.
0: Great advice. So Rajiv, thanks so much for joining us today. um, And uh, thanks for these helpful insights. We appreciate it.
1: Great. Thanks so much for having me. I love being being here and kind of talking about these really important issues. And and yeah, thank you so much. I appreciate it.
0: Take care. Listeners, please let me know what HR Works should cover next. sbruce at blr.com. Thanks for listening. This is Steve Bruce for HR Works.